Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Well, hello, River. You don't mind me calling you River, eh? I don't know what you called, but uh, I noticed I got the same shirt on as they got the video clip. I do have more shirts, my wife tells me, hallelujah. I, I, I have a big clock on the back wall to make sure that we do not abuse the congregation with long preaching, so I don't have that, so I've had to find a, a timer here, making sure that uh, uh, I'm on time. Jason, if you're watching this, switch it off. <laughs> Pastor Jason. Uh, but it's a real honor and a real privilege for Val and I to be here. Um, we obviously had a, a journey of missing flights because of storms and all those kind of things, but we made it here before Jason. Um, I put him on the plane and kicked him off uh, the runway this morning at 7 a.m. So, no, actually, he needed to be there at 5.30 a.m. So, um, but it's great to be here. Uh, Val and I, um, my wife, my bride, uh, has endured me for these many years, uh, is my helpmate and my partner in crime in ministry, so it's, uh, it's a real joy. If you notice I speak funny, it's just because we were raised in Africa in a, a place called Rhodesia, Zimbabwe. It was a British colony, so they had to teach us to speak like this, so that's why we speak like that. Um, Floridians don't speak like this, I just want to tell you that. We've got a bunch of rednecks down there, and I tell you what, I need a translator to understand what they're saying, because I don't know. There. And uh, so I've got a couple of them on my elders team just so that I can um, have uh, interpreters and translators to make sure that we're, uh, we're, we, we're saying the right thing. Uh, do you know that there's a book, called, uh, a British book, and there's 4,000 words in one day that are different from American English to British English. So um, I, I get a little confused now and again. Um, there's certain words I will not use here, that, um, and there's some words that you shouldn't use when you go to Africa and, and England. It's, they don't go down too well. But I just want to say thank you for allowing us to be here. And I'm, uh, for the lineup, I'm happy I'm first. <laughs> Whew, pressure, pressure. There's some, some hot, hot preachers coming down the runway, and, uh, and uh, so important. So Val and I are born and raised in Zimbabwe. Um, Parents were born and raised in Zimbabwe. So I'm an (laughs) African-American. We are American citizens now. I don't know what else you'll call me. I'm not European. I've been raised in Africa, so I don't know anything else. And so we were in our late 20s when we left um, Zimbabwe. Politically, it went a little, little rough there. And went out to South Africa and joined Val's brother-in-law and sister, and they just planted a church there. We'd just been part of a church plant in, in Zimbabwe and watched it grow to one of the more established churches in the city, and it was great to see that. Moved down, started in a, in a lounge in Cape Town, and served there 17 years, and then uh, God got us to plant a church in Flagler Beach, Florida. And uh, so we've been there 17 years this month, so... After, the, after this month, we'll, we would uh, be longer here than we were in South Africa, but we'll have to go to about 28 years before we beat Zimbabwe. So a little history, just so you know who this uh, funny-speaking person is up here. And this is our second time to Missoula. The last time we were here in 2019, we're in uh, 
we came down, and Dwayne and Lynette, obviously, some of you know them, um, introduced us to Jason, Pastor Jason and Shannon, and uh, we came down and spent the six days in 2019 and uh, got to know each other, and, and since then, we, we've met and, and uh, met Jonathan and, and, and Katie, and I, I want you to understand how important these kind of relationships are with, with pastors. Um, you understand that a senior pastor takes a lot of headwind, spiritual headwind that uh, sometimes it just wears people down. And so it's important that, we, that you um, have done what you've done and, and given them s- space from the cold face and so that they can actually just have a time to just reflect and uh, regenerate. For me, the first week, I don't even rest. And I can tell you that Jason was itching. Pastor Jason was itching to find out what was going on. He wanted to say something. He wanted to send something. And I was warning him with his life. I said, be warned. You have the staff that will sort you out. You cannot do that. So, and then he started sleeping in and was getting up later and later. I said, now that's the next phase. You will just sleep, sleep, and sleep. So he, um, and so he's just arrived at our home in, in, in Florida and obviously basking in the, in the palm trees. He loves palm trees. So we keep sending him palm tree pictures so that uh, um, it makes him homesick for Florida so he can pop in now and again. But I, I promise you, he's not doing any ministry there. And uh, the only thing he's allowed to do when he comes to our church building is to go to the coffee shop and have a good coffee. So that's all he, he'd be allowed to do. Um, so I just want to commend the board and you as a, as a family for making, making space and making place. And um, it'll be no- lovely to see the numbers and the size double. Yeah. So when he comes back, he says, man, look what, what happened while I was away. But I just want to say, the father says, congratulations for River. You've, you've pegged your, gra- uh, your, 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 your peg in the sand here. And uh, you've established the kingdom of God. You have possessed the land and you are possessing the land. There's countless souls that need to be touched for Christ. And those, and I know I have been in the engine room of running sound and setting up and taking down. For 25 years, I have taken, put, set up and taken down in rented venues. So that's why my arms are a little longer than normal from carrying chairs. Um, so I know exactly all the things that happened behind. And as a pastor, we say thank you. We cannot, we cannot do this without you. And uh, I just want to commend you. And for those that are here that from Wyoming, I uh, want to greet you, and uh, it's nice to have you being part of the service. And then our, my neighbor, Malawi, I wish I could remember. Yeah, it's great to have you guys connecting in with us, and uh, yeah, you're looking at a Zimbabwean, Malawi, um, your neighbor. So, but I can speak to you in Shona and Indibele, but I would not try your language. And I had great friends that used to come to school from Malawi, and we'd be uh, great buddies. And so Malawi, we know them. And their work ethic, Malawians, were second to none. So we love the Malawian folk. And so I was uh, sent a message on Wednesday while we were kind of getting to go, come here, and that you have this sermon series called Fire Season. And so I had to get onto my running track and get the message of the Lord for tonight, you know, because in between all that, we were missing flights, catching storms, getting here, going and sightseeing and everything else. And I had to get my notes in by noon Friday. I got it in 10 minutes before. So 
I hope there's no typing errors and anything else coming up on the notes. But the message today, I want to just talk about and really want to title the message, Being Fireproof. Being fireproof is what I'd like to, to, to speak on. And uh, before I do, I just really want the word to maximize itself in our lives today. So let's do it just by uh, our hearts and prayer. Um, so Father, thank you. As Jason was saying, the next while, would you just come and would you allow your word to be illuminated in our lives? Would you allow us to, to see beyond what we normally see about your word? that your word will align us, would, uh, would be the compass that would uh, direct us and hone us in to the epicenter of what you want. And so we really want to be, be those uh, vessels through which divine favor flows, preventing misfortune in the lives of others. That's what we want, my God. So would you help us with that in this message today? In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. So the fire, when you look through the scripture, you find fire is, 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 is used positively and negatively. I mean, there's some things that a refining fire does. It really processes and purifies the bride. Um, it's mentioned in that, in that way. But then there's also the judgment, lake of fire. And uh, that, that, that's a challenge in itself. But as a believer for 44 years, I want to tell you that there is enemy fire that we need to be aware of. We need to have an ear for. We need to be able to have an intuition and a spirit-led understanding that there is an enemy and we need to understand his fire and what he does. And I want us to be fireproof to that. And that's what I'd like to just kind of um, delve into a little bit and just to kind of prepare us. Um, I was an instructor in the military uh, in, in the Rhodesian War when there was a, a fight of terrorism Communist terrorism were trying to take over our country, and, and uh, we, were, we were all enlisted. Uh, as soon as you came to 18, you, you were enlisted. So, um, and so we were trained, and I had to be an instructor, and I had to train guys uh, so that they would hear and understand what enemy fire is. So obviously, I'm with a bunch of rednecks down in, down in Florida, and they love guns, and they love shooting, and they love doing all that. I, don't, I, th I think something similar happens up here, but I'm not sure anyway. So I just... <laughs> But, um, and some of them love, some of them got AK-47s, and it just brought a well of um, emotions of uh, stuff I had in titanium boxes from those days back there, because I had trained my ear to hear it, and so um, you need to know what's friendly fire and what's enemy fire, and, and so it's important. And here, Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, it says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood, against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in, in, this, in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And so we understand that when you step into the kingdom of God, war has been declared against us. And so there is an enemy and there is an enemy fire that would come towards us. And so we get off lightly here in the Western world because of our faith. We can speak about our faith and, and, and you're okay. But in the East, you could lose your head, could lose your family. You will most of you lose your family. And you most of you sometimes lose your life uh, for your faith. And so you've got to realize that, um, that we are... We really live in a bubble, and there is an enemy, and we need to be aware of it, and it's trying to restrict us. It's trying to stop River from being that effective, powerful church that I hear so much about. You guys just wow me. 
just the way you guys minister to your community. My brother always said, if you take the church out of the community and the community don't miss you, you're not being the church. They will cry hot tears if River wasn't here. You guys are amazing. Yeah, give yourself a hand. You are amazing. So I wanted to just talk quickly from uh, the book of Daniel at, um, um, and some more. It's about the three Hebrew boys that, that were um, exiled and uh, were told to worship this nine-foot statue uh, that King Nebuchadnezzar had, had uh, put up there. And I'm going to start in uh, Daniel chapter 3, verse 6, uh, verse six uh, New Living Translation. Uh, and it was saying that anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. That sounds like fire to me, okay? Um, so at, that, at the sound of the, of the musicians, all the people, whatever their race or nation or tongue, bowed to the ground and worshipped the golden statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So some astrologers wanted to suck up to Nebuchadnezzar and complained that the three Hebrew boys were not doing so. And so we pick it up from verse 12 and says, but there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to your majesty. They refuse to serve your God and do not worship the golden statue they have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage. I think he has some anger issues. And he ordered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be brought before him. Nebuchadnezzar threatened to have them both thrown into the furnace, uh, all three thrown into the furnace if they do not bow to the image. And this is what the Hebrew boy's reply was in verse 16. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your God or worship the golden statue you have set up. Woo! You're talking about guts? Young people, that is what you need. A backbone. You need that kind of backbone. Well, I tell you what, King Neb, he just blew up. He blew a valve. I tell you what, and he heated up the furnace seven times hotter for the Hebrew boys. And the Nebuchadnezzar got his best soldiers to tie up these, these Hebrew boys and uh, throw them into the fiery furnace. And all those soldiers perished from the heat. And obviously, Nebuchadnezzar had a front row seat to this event. Pick it up in verse 24. And suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up. In, a, in amazement, and, ex, and exclaimed to his advisor, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did. And they replied, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth is like a god. And then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the furnace, out of the fire, and the, official, the, the, the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them. Their clothes was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. Whew. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, 
praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angels to rescue his servants who trust in him. They defiled the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. My, what a testimony. You want to be fireproof? That's fireproof. You know your God. And Nebuchadnezzar decreed no one speak against the Hebrew God and promoted those boys. Amazing. I want to just tell you that we need to be those kind of people that walk in knowing our God. We need to understand who God, God is. So the saying goes, you don't bow, you don't burn. And so that's what we need to understand. Coastal as a church, we, had, we, we, do, we dove into this year with a theme, and it was called being fearless and faithful. Why? Because 2020, we were fearful and faithless. The, it were consumed with fear, concerned, and we were not found faithful, believing the God who kept these boys in the fire, the, uh, the God who's more than enough. And so we are drilling into that. We will not be found in that position again where we are fearless, uh, fearful and, and faithless. We want to be a fearless and faithful people. And so, because fear paralyzes faith, church. Fear paralyzes it and we can't be called there. Oh, you feared to be canceled. Who cares? My God doesn't cancel me. He promotes me. And that's what you've got to understand. Church, you've got to decide whether we're going to be PC or BC. Politically correct or Bible correct. What do we want to be? And so we needed to stand up. So knowing God makes one fireproof. Knowing God makes one fireproof. We, 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 those, those, those Hebrew boys knew their God. Man, they were confident. They go to the king, the top of the pile guy that could knock their heads off. And they just stood there and they stood their ground for their God. And so we need to be that. Daniel 11:32 goes on and says, "The people who know their God will be strong and carry out great exploits." And young people, we need, you need to understand the God in whom you serve, so that you can do great exploits. I tell you what, let the, our ceiling be your platform, young people, and go for it. We have such confidence in the next generation. Yeah, people may not. I tell you what, the spirit of God, when it's going to start moving on you guys, watch out. There's going to be a whole lot of shaking going on. They're going to challenge the, the order of the day. And so at, at back home, I'm making place at the table for the young people. I make place every month for them to get up and preach. If we don't put them in, 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 at the table, how on earth are they going to, ever going to learn? And they, let me tell you, they're going, to have to, they're going to have to reach their generation, and I don't know how to do it. I'm like two generations removed from them. I don't know how to reach their generation. So because, just an example, David. I mean, yeah, David's going to take on Goliath. And what is King Saul? He's so used to using the sword and the shield and the spear to kill, kill his enemies. And David says, no, no, I don't do that anymore. I use blogging. I use all those other things now. No, he used a sling and five stones. And, and you, must, you must think what those, those soldiers were thinking. And that's what you young people are going to do. You're going to do something different but powerful in God. And we want to give you a place to do that. And so we want to cheer you on. So we need to be fireproof. And the only way you are fireproof is that you know, know God. You know who he is. And church, we need, to, we need to know God. 
don't know about God. Don't know, don't know him because of what, what, what Pastor Jason says or, or, or Rod says or, or, or Dwayne says. No, you need to know God for yourself. You need to know, like David says, man, I know the bear. I know the lion. They all went down because of my God. So this Goliath ain't got nothing on me because he's defying, defying the, 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 God, the God of heaven. And so, like Val, I know Val. I've been married to her 40 years. When her nose twitches in a certain way, I know I'm in trouble. I've got to run for the door. There, there, there is issues. I know her. Okay, no. 12 when you got married. Oh, my gosh. Valerie, you're in church. You can't lie. Hey, you're in church, sister. Hallelujah. And I've known Jesus for 44 years. Do you understand? You get to know the character. You get to know when you, you know where I learned how, how he moves in a room of, of, of worshipers and stuff? I ran the sound. And suddenly I would get this intuition that suddenly I know Seth is going to play a new song. I know it because Holy Spirit's cued me already. And then so I'm ready with it. That's how I learned. So when you're serving in the body of Christ, God's training you and teaching you how to know God, how to hear Him, how, how to speak to certain people, how to ask the right questions. Because I don't know, man. I'm just a clay vessel. I'm a, a vessel that's being used by Him. And sometimes I don't know how to do it or what to do. But you need to know your God. So don't, just, don't dabble with Christianity. Don't dabble with believing God. Dive in. Dive in. Know it. And man, this is a great place. Man, there's so much happening. This is like, the, you know, the, the, the previews of movies before you get there, you've got all these things happening. That's what it's like here, man. I'm excited. I'm, you think you've got space here? I can transfer from Florida to here. It's so exciting. So exciting. Uh, the guys here that's back home, they're going to kill me. Eh? You know, no chance. We let you go. Help Pastor Jason, and now you want to hang out? Yeah. Uh, but there's approaching a time when our biblical values are going to be challenged, and they are ready. And we, going, we, we need to understand. We, we need to be fireproof and be able to go there. But the good news, those who know their God will not bow and they will not burn. Amen? And that's it. But it's what, you need to know the attributes of God. I've got to say the same thing tomorrow morning. I better remember everything I'm saying. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. Yeah. I should get double pay because I'm actually preaching twice on a weekend. Whoa. Hallelujah. But you need to know the attributes of God uh, because they, they don't change. Attributes is his character, his nature. And so you need to know that, not just know about it, saying, okay, because you put it in a library. and oh, No, you need to know it. You need to know his goodness and his power. And you need to know his justice and his mercy and his sovereignty and his faithfulness and his grace. You need to know that you know it. And so when you do that, um, um, and you need to know it in its context. You don't need it to know it in the, in the mind of, uh, of religion or in the law. You've got to understand that he's a loving father that absolutely loves us, absolutely loves us. And no matter how yuck, yuck you are, he still loves us. Man, the prodigal son, he came running back and he was still stinking like a pigsty. But man, his dad grabbed him, hugged him, put a robe on him, put the ring on, just accepted him. And that's just the same with our dad, with us, man. We just, he just loves us. He just spins around under a violent emotion of joy. But church, we've got to understand that we need to locate ourselves and find out where we're at. Do we know about God or do we know him? And so we need to understand what, uh, that I'm going to have to hurry up. My clock is moving you fast. But I just want to just say, 
I just want to tell you that Jesus did this. He asked the question of these disciples. He said this in Matthew 16. Who do men say that I am? And, uh, and they said, oh, well, I think you're John the Baptist and Elijah and Jeremiah. And you know what, Jesus, he is, a, he is so sharp. And he says, oh, but who do you say that I am? He dials it in. He dials it in. Yeah, you got the Christ because you read the book, eh? Yeah, it's, it also Peter got the heads up because God showed, he says, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. But my Father in heaven revealed that. But that locates you. And I want to say, say that it's important that we keep locating ourselves. Don't think that you're somewhere where you're not. Understand that when you come to places like the gathering and you hear preachers preach and you come to connect groups and you, and you, and you dialogue one with another and, and you get challenged with the scriptures and stuff, you understand that, that, that you get located. And I, it challenges me because I think I'm at one place and I've realized I'm not there because I've been located. It's like a map. I look at these mountains here and I say, have you dropped me in these mountains? I'm in deep trouble because I'm not going to find my way out. Guess what? Even if I had a map, I would not be able to get myself out of this. I want you to know that I can give you a map and drop you in the middle of a city, but until you find out where you are on that map, that map is of no use to you. And this is where you are in life. If you do not know where you are, you cannot find your north and go with God and, and, and sort out your direction. So it's important. So the first thing I'll go into these crazy malls because America, you've got some massive malls here. And so when you get in, the first thing I'll go is to the map. You know, and what do I look for? Where are you? You are here. And man, as soon as I find out, you, oh, okay, you're here. I know where, okay, Barry wants TJ Maxx and she wants this place and that place. I can find myself because I know where I am now. And that's the same thing with, church, with, with your walk in faith. You get to a place where you think you're somewhere. And don't be in that place because that doesn't make you fireproof. You need to be tested in, these, in, in, this, in this area and make sure that, that, that you locate yourself. And so, and, and so the funny thing is when we, Val and I were deciding to come to the States to plant a church, that's a quantum leap. It's over the pond. It's huge. It's culturally, and, and we only came in by ourselves because uh, to get into to America is just crazy hard. I know you can swim the Rio Grande, but it just makes travel and everything else. So it's, just, it's just a lot harder that way. So we did the, 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 the legal, legal way. And, but anyway, I approached Val and I said, you know, I really sense God's telling us to go. And so she said, listen, you can go. Go and do everything there, and when it's all set up in two years, then I'll come along and join you. <laughs> that was my attempt to say, okay, are you on board with this thing to go to Florida? And uh, she wasn't. So I said, Father, listen, I have my, I've had my try. Can you? <laughs> now it's your turn. And uh, so Val's led worship all, all our married life. And so two, a couple of Sundays later, she was leading a song. And suddenly I see her just hit the knee, her knees on the, and on the stage. And I thought, now what's going on? And she handed the mic to the other girl, and, uh, and, and then and we were singing the, the song, I'll go to the ends of the earth for you. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit said to Valerie, you liar. <laughs> you liar. I think Valerie was just located. She was located, and uh, so she came off the stage and says, I think we're going. And... Uh, so the Holy Spirit has a, has a sweet, gentle way. He, he, he doesn't come with hellfire and brimstone. He comes with that sweet, gentle voice, and, uh, and he says that the love of Christ will draw a man to repent. 
It's, 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 that, it's that goodness of God that draws a man to repentance. So we need to understand the attributes of God. One of the attributes that, uh, that, we need, that will make you fireproof is his love. If he understands how much he, he loves you and me, I tell you what, you can, go th- you can walk through the fires of hell and it won't touch you because, man, if God be for me, who can be against me? So it's, a, it's important to understand his, the, that because here in John 3.16, we've heard it so many times. For this is how God loved the world. And I want you to understand that his love is not because you said yes to Jesus. No. Before you said yes to Jesus, he adored you. Absolutely loves you. And if you haven't said yes to Jesus in the sound of my voice, wherever it may be going around the world, he still loves you. And he has sent an invitation to you. And he's asking you to RSVP his invitation. Because he wants that relationship with you. And so you, we got to understand he loves us. And he so loved that he gave his one and only son so that whoever who, um, who believes in him will not perish. Will become fireproof. And have eternal life. That love came down and kissed humanity through Jesus Christ. Man, if, if there's something that you need to understand, it's his love. His love cannot be matched, the agape love. Paul writes it like this in Ephesians um, chapter 3, verse 18. May you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May he, you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand. I want to tell you, God's love is out of this world cannot be measured in any kind of dimension that this world can present. That's how much he loves us. And we can't get our heads around that. Can't get our heads around that. And uh, yeah, we may hear the doom and gloom and the fire and brimstone of God, but I'll tell you what, you got to change your glasses when you read the scriptures and realize this God loves us, absolutely adores us. And so, um, and, and it's key to being fireproof, you need to have this rock solid in your, in your life because the believing affects your behaving. The believing of how much he loves you will affect your behaving. It'll t- it, if you walk in this whole rejection men- mentality and everything else, I said, well, and, and, I, and as ministers, you go through the rejection. You go through where you've been ostracized and everything else. And I turn around and say, you know, my God loves me. It's your loss. It's your loss. If you don't like me, I'm a nice guy. It's your loss. Why? Because my dad loves me. And that gives you such ability to go through some real hell on earth because it's, it, it's, it's, it's just not floating on the River Rhine when you're going through planet earth. It's, it's, it's tough. And so knowing that your dad loves you and, uh, it, it's, it's, and it's, it, it, it's going to take all of life and all of eternity to try and understand God's love because you're never going to wrap your head around it. And so we need to understand that. And it comes by hearing and hearing and seeing. Uh, my brother-in-law had an understanding of God's love. I used to be a, like, a, like a, 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 a pillar, a rock to, when you hugged. Better response from the pillar than from me. I, I used to stand there. I said, careful. Make sure you, you shave when you're going to hug me, you know, my brother-in-law. But he'd hug me and eventually I became this hugger myself because it infects you, it affects you, and church, it's just wonderful. So we must allow God's fireproof 
uh, to fireproof us with his love. It, and it requires us a revelation of his love. And I want to just share one thing, and then I think I'm going to run out of time to, to share the rest. But I want you to understand, 20, 2017, I was preparing the message for Easter sunrise, and, uh, and I got a revelation of God's love, and, and it tweaked something in my faith and my understanding that changed changed a whole lot of things in my world, and I need you to understand that. It comes from 1 John 4.19. 1 John 4.19. Completely changed my life, my posture, my purpose, and my pastoring. 1 John 4.19 says, we love him because he first loved us. And I want us to realize that I found the source of how to pastor, how to be a believer in that. Because from the pulpit, you're saying, you need to love God. You need to serve God. You need to worship God. You need to, you need to give to God. That's what you hear from the pulpit. Because that's what we did. Because he paid such a great price. And the father says, I'm a dad. And the only thing I really want to do is, would you let me love you? Because only when you let me love you, are you able to go and firstly love me, God, love others, love yourself, and even love your enemies. Unless you let me love you, you cannot love. Change my life. I had some pastoral issues that I just didn't know how to get around, and I would just get, jump on my sofa and pretend I'm on my dad's lap. And I could send, and I could just sit there and for an hour to two hours, sometimes three hours, just sit there and not have to. Now I've got to read so many scriptures. Now I've got to pray for so and so. No, no. God says, would you just please let me love you? And I'm telling you, you try this. Church, you try that. I put it on our church, and they said, I don't know how to do this, because I, all of a sudden, I, I'm, I'm starting to ask God for this, and ask God for that, and I'm just for so-and-so. And he's saying, listen, would you just let me ruffle your hair? Would you just let me kiss you all over? Would you just, would you just let me regurgitate some scriptures of my love for you? And I tell you what, well, suddenly I go into this challenging counseling situation and, and out of my belly flows this whole counsel. And I said, God, I, I, where did that come from? He says, that's just because you, you allow me to hang out with you this morning and you allow me just to, to, to love on you. Church, if we get that dynamics, he says, we love because he first loved us. And we miss out that as, 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 as a church and we've got to... And we've got to understand, to get fireproofed, we've got to get in that place that we're powered and we're rooted in his love. That I go out and I step out those doors, or I step out of my home, or I step into any of the places or, or, or that God allows me to serve and where I work, and I go there that I am the vessel through which his love will flow. Why? Because I have sat there. Have you ever taken a nail and, and a magnet and the nail can't, can't pick up another nail, but you leave it on that magnet long enough and then you eventually, as a kid you do that, and you eventually will pick up something else. Why? Because that magnetism transferred when you left it on the magnet, it transferred into that nail and it suddenly became. That's the same thing when you hang around and just let God love you and kiss you and just tell you that you're special, that I, it was just so worth Jesus coming to get you and rescue you. And when he says that, it just heals you. It ministers to you. It empowers you. And then it allows you to go out and suddenly you are that same love magnet. He says in Romans 5, the love of God has been poured into your hearts by the Holy Spirit 
who was given for us. That's what happens. It just saturates you. And you become this, this permeating love machine called God's extension, his, his, his arm, his hand. Because I tell you what, you try, and you can do this Christian thing so, for only for so long out of soul power. But if you don't go and plug into the source, as your pastor and Pastor Shannon's doing, uh, doing now, you cannot run the race to the end and be strong. Amen. It's so important that you get to be able to get resourced in that. And so I just want to tell you that Paul wants us to understand that there are fires, and he lists a couple of fires, but the love of God is what holds you rock steady in this whole process. And it comes from Romans 8.35. It says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulations, I think that's a fire, distress, persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril. Yet in all these things... We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Look at, how, look at the word, how, how he talks about nothing can separate us from that love, that he loved us. For I, this is Paul, he was fire, fireproof. You must know, you've got to be fireproof to be chucked in prison, chained, and I mean shipwrecked, all those things that he went through. That boy is fireproof. And come out and said, I'm still serving my God. I'm still going to run the race. I'm still going to preach to Asia. I'm still going to write the New Testament. Man, you talk about fireproof. I am fully, says I, am persuaded that neither death, which is a fire, and living in life is a fire sometimes. Nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present or things to come. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing. Shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Church, if you get anything tonight, get the love of Christ. Get it, absorb it, saturate yourself in it, meditate on it, ponder on it, talk about it, just bathe in it. It'll make you fireproof. Because when you get into situations, the love of Christ will just ooze out of you. It'll extinguish all fires. He'll give you a word in season. He'll give you the anointing to it, and he'll give you the ability to go through every storm, every trial, every tribulation. The Bible reminds us of God's wonderful, extravagant, amazing, unstoppable, unconditional love. Don't, don't, don't look at the scriptures through the eyes of what religion and law, law has. Look through a loving father, prodigal son. Look at that father. Man, he was He was amazing. And so I want to just close in that. Sorry, guys, I didn't get to the end of my notes, but maybe I'll get there tomorrow. Come for this part B tomorrow. No, I won't. No, I won't. Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks. Thanks.